Susan Dunlop and welcome to episode 37 of Coffee and Contemplation with Susan. If this is a new podcast to you, it's about women sharing stories, you know, showing our human side, the darkness and the light that results from life experiences. Uh, there's a little touch of vulnerability and shared successes and maybe some insights and an idea that you can maybe gain some hope if you've actually experienced something like these uh, women have experienced yourself, that you know, there might be some light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully also to bring a smile to you uh, if there's something that resonates. And I think so far every single woman that's been on here has touched someone's heart in some way. And, yeah, I feel very grateful that I get to have these women come and share this short time with me and to hear their story. What I did with this show is about sharing stories. So it's about cross-generational sharing of women's stories. That was an idea I came up with back in February last year when I started and originally based on decades of life and obviously because they are women and they are usually from a decade of life, I'm fairly safe to say that's actually happened. So we've had 90-plus-year-olds and 18-year-olds and, you know, women who quite often didn't think that they personally had a story that was worth sharing uh, that would benefit anyone else. And surprisingly, it's actually made them realise that they benefited themselves from sharing their story. And I think that's what it's all about because we all do have stories to share. And in the words of Michelle Obama, which I have on the, the lead post of the um, Spotify Coffee and Contemplation with Women show, I love this, is when we share our stories, we're reminded of the humanity in each other. And when we take the time to understand each other's stories, we become more forgiving more empathetic and more inclusive. Today's guest I met at a table at a book launch of the Women Inspired book here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland early this year. Her name is Nurey Osden and she and I sat next to each other. We were there to cheer on uh, someone who'd invited us as a guest um, who was being featured in the book. And we just sat next to each other and they made us do one of those little exercises that stand with someone you don't know and say, what do you require from me? Strangely enough, we both said words along the similar theme is, I'd really love to hear your story and understand where you're coming from, uh, just from the few things that we talked about lightly at the table. So that led to today's episode. So Nuray moved to the Sunshine Coast from Melbourne four years ago. She had three suitcases, two children after a very tough breakup, and she found a new safe space to come and start fresh. And she's now running her practice here on the Sunshine Coast as a speech pathologist. Uh, she does that as a private practice in her own name. What she did say to me, though, is that she actually doesn't just focus on voice and speech. And as we know, the whole person is far more important to look at than one particular part of them. And I like what she's shared with me, so I asked her to come and share it with you as well. So welcome, Nuray. Hello, Susan. How are you? Really good, thank you. It's lovely to see you on screen. Yeah, likewise. So we're up for a nice little chat. And um, again, Nuray is not someone I've actually known all my life or for you know some of the other guests that I've known since I was a child. So today I'm going to learn a fair bit about Nuray just as much as you will. And I thought what we would do is begin with profession. Is that okay, Nuray? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely. Okay, so when and how did the idea of becoming involved in speech pathology come up for you? Oh, I would say 
uh, when since I was a little girl, actually, I'd say at the age of three and four, I knew very early on that I wanted to be a health professional. And at that time, I was thinking I was going to be a doctor. And, you know, I'd play with my dolls and I'd always, you know, treat them, put bandages on them and, and things like that. So I knew very early on that I had this capacity. Also around me at the time, we were living with my auntie while my parents were building up, you know, a deposit for a house. And so during that time, my auntie would lose her voice, actually, surprisingly, quite often. And, you know, now that I have the wisdom, now I have an idea of why that was occurring. But at the time as a little girl, I remember, I clearly remember this conversation with her saying, you know, auntie, when I'm older, when I'm big, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to fix your voice. I remember saying that at the age of three or four. And I never forget that, <laughs> which is really bizarre. <laughs> I know. And the, and the other funny thing is that at the time of my birth, we had a family friend that had a dream about me being born and came to my mum at the hospital when she was in labour and said, look, if you end up having a baby girl, it's got to be Naray. Her name's got to be Naray. And, you know, a couple hours later, mum gives birth, a little girl pops out, me, and she names me Naray out of respect for this elder in our community. Now, fast forward, um, in my teenage years, this elder, this gentleman that was very like, like my second father actually, um, he was very close to our family, actually had laryngeal cancer and would go to hospital appointments to see a speech pathologist to actually work on um, his, you know, speech um, with the cervox. So, you know, that opened my eyes to, wow, you know, I'm really intrigued about what speech pathology is about. And I would say that that shaped me then at that point when I was doing year 11 and 12 to actually choose that profession because it really, it didn't involve blood and guts like a doctor would, <laughs> but it did involve something which is, you know, the power of communication that really did captivate me at that point. So it was a no-brainer. I think I was destined with those stories to just become a speech pathologist. Yeah, it's interesting. I've, I don't think I've ever met someone who has gone that specific into yeah. a profession um, in the, the health or medical space. It's interesting because a lot of people ask me at the age of, I, I graduated from high school or chose speech pathology when I was 17 years old. And everyone's saying to me, how did you make such a clear decision at that time? At that time, I was guided. I had no doubt that this was, there was not one question in my mind about becoming a speech pathologist. And I think it was all my experience and still to this day, 25 plus years, you know, since you know I've been in the profession, I have not woken up once saying, "What am I doing? Why have I done this?" It is just—it's just been so aligned to me my whole life. That's incredible. Yeah. So, did you actually help your auntie? She's living overseas, but um, no. Even just the fact that I got into speech pathology was healing for her. Actually, she was like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> we don't live in the same country now." And um, yeah, unfortunately not. Did she stop losing her voice? That's improved. And I think moving country as well has helped. And it's interesting now that I have this knowledge that, you know, one of the reasons for losing your voice can also be with, you know, the stresses that are happening in your life. So I think she's made a great change in relation to that, which has had a huge impact on her voice. Mm. Yeah, I've seen that myself. My dad used to go into that. He, his voice would just disappear more yeah. and more. You think, oh, he's going through another anxiety state at, that he was in. At, so. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Wow. And Uray, so your name, did you know why that suggested your name? Yeah, well, one, he had a dream about it. And two, Nuray is, the background of it is, it's a Turkish name. And it means, Nur means pure light. It means pure light. And then the A bit is, is actually the moon. So it's like pure light and, you know, moon, it's all about light. So that's just um, really, really interesting. And so I always say, I joke with people or, you know, the individuals that I work with and I say, just think of it as a new light, like a new ray of light. (laughs) That's how you'll remember my name because it generally means that anyway, it means light. Oh, beautiful name. That's so beautiful. Yeah, thank, now, it's funny when you, you don't realise that they're the, amazing when an elder has anything to do with um, oh, an origin of something. Absolutely. And like I said, it was just, it, I think it, that was just destined really, yeah. Mm. So you've become the specialist in that work and obviously loving it to death, but yeah. you mentioned to me that you've got other modalities that you incorporate and that you see people or treat them as whole. And I thought that was one thing that really stood out to me is why I would like to actually um, talk to you because I, I have that holistic approach as well with someone yeah. that's been coached in life or business, they are the whole thing. So, yeah, can we talk about that a little, you know, what's that Absolutely. all about? Absolutely. I think um, what's really shaped my practice, um, obviously going through university and getting the education in terms of speech pathology was fabulous. But I think what's truly made me the... I would say the passionate, effective clinician today is my life experiences. So early in my 20s, actually, I would say probably in the last year of my uni, I actually was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it's an autoimmune condition. And long, I'll cut a long story short, but I went to a specialist to you know, chat about this fibromyalgia. The symptoms were you know, really chronic fatigue and sore joints. That's what I was suffering at the time. And I went to the specialist and I said, look, I, I've got my future ahead of me. You know, I'm about to, you know, embark on this amazing career. I, I can't deal with this pain. You know, what can I do? And he suggested antidepressants. Now, I just want to say that in my mind, I, I just went beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and I said, there is no way I am going to be taking antidepressants because I am not depressed. I am in pain and, and tired. And so he said, he said, I'm sorry, there is no other treatment, effective treatment at this point. Well, that was my turning point in life to dive deep into nutrition and really look at how I can heal my body from within. And I did. Within one year, within 12 months, I reversed my autoimmune condition, completely eradicated it and no longer had the diagnosis of fibromyalgia. So with that in mind, I always, when I'm working with people, often a lot of what we see in terms of speech is a symptom, a symptom of something bigger and greater that's going on for that individual. And I think I've had enough experiences, not only with that, um, having the autoimmune condition, I, I, I can sort of you know, look at the, the social aspect of life, look at the stresses, look at the mental health, look at everything that may be impacting and contributing to the speech, you know, difficulty that that person's presenting with. So, yeah, it's not just about looking at the mouth. For me, I look at all aspects of the person, um, whether it be physical, whether it be social, whether it be, um, you know, anything. So, you know, the medications they're taking, etc. And like I said, a lot of, I uh, surprisingly, it, it, you know, in this day, I do work with, a, you know, 
quite a lot of patients that have Parkinson and that is an autoimmune condition. So I can bring my wealth of knowledge and experience that I've truly walked and talked to myself and share with them, you know, tools that have helped me. And it has profound impacts on, you know, the work that we're doing together. It really does. So that's what I mean about holistic is, yeah, definitely drawing on, you know, other modalities that will assist, assist, you know, the speech to come along. It's not surprising to me now that you're saying it that, you know, Dr. Gabor Mate talks about it, um, the cost of hidden stress. And I know oh. even just um, someone else I was speaking to, or she was on our last show, the the intimacy and sex coach, she was talking about there's so much about the, the throat that oh. is connected to all other parts of your life that, you know, if you don't speak your, your truth, basically, you know, so how many people actually hold so much in at their throat level? Oh, absolutely. And that's the other thing too is that there is, like you said, an, an emotional basis to a lot of these, um, you know, difficulties with speech. And like you said, how many people are not speaking their truth? How many people have got stored anger in their bodies? How many people are feeling like they just powerless and helpless in life? You know, all of that goes back to how you're expressing and how you're portraying yourself in in life. So there's like a mishmash. I can't even describe it that, you know, when you look at an individual, it's not just, oh, yeah, I've got a speech problem. It's like, okay, well, let's dive deep. What else is going on? What's truly going on in terms of the stresses, the emotional aspects of your life? What's your relationship like? You know, um, are you, like you said, what's your nutrition like? What's your connection to your children, etc., etc. And what often happens is people also underestimate that there's lots of patterns and I know everyone's aware of you know we within the first usually the seven years of our life a lot of programs and patterns are ingrained in us and so what happens we often play them out as adults as well and so it's about looking at what patterns are we playing out as an adult you know every time we are confronted do we just swallow you know our voice and not speak up like you said not speak our truth mm -hmm. you know and it's really important to address these patterns and so it's not just yes you know we're very there's effective tools in going yes we can get the speech out but then how can we make sure that we maintain that and allow that to flow freely by looking at other aspects of you know programs that you've created in your in your your body so I imagine then for you to do the work you're doing, it's obviously a lot deeper. As you said, that yeah. would mean that you, you'd be needing to build rapport with people for quite some time to be able to get through some of that layers that got that's blocking. Absolutely. And I think it's just, and that's what I find too, is that the connection that you have with your therapist is extremely important. I find that, you know, I'll, I am in a position to be able to choose who I work with and for me, it's important that I always say in our first appointment is if we don't feel like we have that connection or more so you, I, I recommend that you do find someone that you do because what you want to be able to do is completely feel comfortable with that person and then allow anything that wants to flow through that you want to talk about come out. And sometimes it's not just about speech. It's about other things that come out. You know, it's about, oh, you know, this happened with my husband or, or this happened when I was little. You know, a lot of voice patients that I work with, a lot of their difficulties now, you know, stem back from a trauma in childhood and that often does that will come up, that will come up through, like you said, that that good rapport. And I think even like, you know, for the era that I, I grew up, you know, I talk about that the the old family rule or Catholic family rule was that you know, children should be seen and not heard, oh. um, only speak when you're spoken to. 
And you, you lived in fear of being in trouble for speaking. How do you then become an adult that speaks? Absolutely. And how do you become a co- exactly a confident adult that is not fearful of speaking their truth? Um, and a lot of it goes back to, you know, being fearful or being shamed or being, you know, whatever, you know, physically abused for speaking up. So um, there's just so much, like you said, depth to it. And mm. I really do feel feel very privileged that, you know, I've gone through my own life struggles that has made me really have more insight into my work that's allowed me to connect definitely with my, you know, with the individuals that I work with on a deeper level. It's, yeah, the superficial stuff are easy. Like I said, it's just, it's getting to the deeper stuff if you want maintenance. That's that's my main point. Is there any sort of examples of uh, amazing turnarounds that you've had for your clients? Oh, just in terms of amazing turnarounds. Yeah, just individuals that haven't been able to speak up loudly or speak well and realise that they have this booming, projecting voice within them that they didn't even realise. And they're like, oh, my God. And I'm like, (laughs) that is the true you coming out. That is unmasked, you know. And seeing the surprise in their face when this voice, this booming voice comes out is just, it's, such a delight it is just like honestly an honor to be able to witness that as as a therapist it gives you goosebumps it does give me goosebumps and also too just you know individuals we also not only work with speech and voice as speech pathologists we also work on swallowing difficulties and that's an area that I predominantly work in as well and to be able to have individuals eat safely without choking is just, you know, it's life-changing absolutely to see them. And I see so many people going, thank you that I can eat without having the fear of dying, really. Um, And so that's just a true gift too. And, you know, there's simple and also too, swallowing difficulties leads to all sorts of complications, not only choking, but, you know, you could end up with aspiration pneumonia if you're, you know, swallowing your liquids the wrong way. So being able to work on strengthening the swallow, being able to give some, you know, life strategies on how to improve the swallow, you know, have a safe swallow and then see the quality of someone's life improve, you know, see them being able to go to a cafe and not feel embarrassed about coughing is just, it's just tingling. It's really lovely to see. That's really, really quite rewarding for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's lovely. And you said yeah, you're slowing down the fast track towards, um, you know, aged care or to you know, towards institutional care, aren't you? Absolutely. And my, I have, yeah. I have a a motto with my work that, and everyone laughs at me because I'll catch up with them, you know, with following, and they'll go, oh, but I've coughed all my life, and you know, it's something I'm used to. And I'm like, I've got a motto: no one should be coughing when they are eating and drinking. No one. And there is a way around it. And if you are, please, you need to seek help from a speech pathologist because there are lots of lovely non-invasive ways of helping you swallow safely. Okay. I like the motto. That's great. I've jotted that down. Okay. (laughs) So, Naray, from there, how about we move towards, you just alluded to it, um, and I know you've obviously broken away from that the relationship down in Melbourne, but you know what health or life hurdles have you personally faced, and you know how did you overcome them? Oh God, where do I? What haven't I not experienced? Let me start with that. <laughs> so starting <laughs> off with you know starting off with you know obviously an autoimmune condition that I went through a self healing journey, and that was profound because that did shape me to be the therapist I am. But in addition to that, 
when in my, I would say my second pregnancy, my second pregnancy, I had twins, but that was still born. So I actually ended up having mm. to give birth to two children that, and that was when I was in my early thirties. And that at the time I was working in pediatrics with children, actually, because um, I've always worked with adults and, and children. And that, that literally nearly killed me, literally was such a devastating event in my life. Um, but I can just hand in my heart say that shaped me and I can I could just really comfortably say that they were true blessings in my life and I would never, ever change anything um, in relation to that experience. And the reason why I say that, and I know if anyone's experienced the loss of a child or miscarriage or stillbirth, please know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And with me, what I found was, although that seemed like the biggest travesty or, you know, tragedy of my life, it ended up being the big blessing because through that experience, my marriage was exposed and the weak foundation of my marriage. Obviously, you know, a couple of years later, my divorce. So um, I would say it was because of my, you know, the the experience or the that I had with the twins that it exposed so many things that I was aware of that I was probably not aware of, you know, prior to that experience. Um, and I would say mm-hmm. my perspective on all of it too is that, you know, what has that this taught me? It has made me love on a deeper level. It's made me, like you said, want to connect with people on a deeper level. And also my belief on death has changed in that, yes, I don't have my children physically in this in this world, but I do have them with spirit. And that love connection could never, ever be lost, ever. And so they forever, ever live, you know, in my heart. And I truly genuinely say that. I genuinely feel this immense heart and um, love for them that has never gone away. So, yeah, and like they, they've added to my life, they've enriched it. And I don't see it as a loss. I've now at a point where I've really worked through the grief and worked on myself where my perspective has changed from what an absolute honour to be able to carry them for that time, you know, during my pregnancy, what an honour to give birth to them. And what an honour to, you know, have experienced, you know, what I experienced with them. So all I do say is anyone going through this, you will, you will, it's a journey, but you will get to a point of replacing that sorrow and grief with love. You will. It definitely does happen. And then obviously divorce. And then after my divorce, I packed my bags. I literally had three suitcases, my two children, and jumped into my car and drove 20 hours from Melbourne to Queensland to the Sunshine Coast. So just shows you in terms of <laughs> starting a new life. And I have, and I haven't looked back. It's been absolutely incredible up here. What was that? What was the thing that actually made you hop in the car? Like if you, when was that? You know how sometimes when you're going through something big like that, then you go, that's it, I am done. I am actually yeah. going to, to put the keys in the car and I am gone. Okay. What, what happened there? There was lots of catalysts. So when when I, you know, obviously was going through my divorce, um, the papers came through, I finalised my divorce and I thought, right, I always want to move up the coast because of weather reasons. Melbourne's weather was just really depressing. Um, but also my children were a catalyst as well. So my children, you know, have additional learning needs and for them I was interested in putting them into an education 
that would support their learning needs. You know, they're in the Montessori education system. And so my that was fine for my son um, at the time because he was in, the you know, pre, um, uh, primary school years. But my daughter was in secondary and the only secondary Montessori school was available in the Sunshine Coast. So I did, there was a number of reasons, but they were a big catalyst too for their education. I came up here and like I said, we made a deal with the kids. We said we give it six months. If if it's we're at, we're happy, we stay. If we're not, we go back to Melbourne, and we have not looked back. I think within the first year, mm. the kids were like, "Mum, we love it here. They're happy. I'm happy. All is good." Oh yeah, we did the same with our girls. We we sort of escaped the Sydney lifestyle yeah. that came up here and never looked back. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was very brave of you to to make that leap because you had a proper a full profession. Oh, obviously, I did. Um, a I was, yeah, I was the um, a program manager of an amazing um, paediatric service in Melbourne, Co-Health it was called, and had an A-grade team. Like the staff members were just one of the most amazing clinicians I've ever worked with. So for me to leave was just, it was actually you know, obviously I was going through the divorce. Um, I needed a change but and the team understood, but I left an incredible job. I did leave an incredible job, but I knew that there was, there was different things waiting for me. I was ready for a change as well in all aspects. So yeah. The leap of faith part of that is um, something that I come across a lot with professional women, that they're not wanting to leave something behind. Yeah. what they're, what they're in isn't the absolute best they possibly can bring to, you know, their patients anyway. There's actually more that they're going to find by oh, taking the leap. Absolutely. And what I feel is that everything has a cycle. And I knew my cycle mm. with that job had finished. It had finished. I really felt that sense of completion that I had done all that I had done. The individuals that I was working with were just didn't need my, you know, supervision, you know, as much. And I just thought it's this cycle's done. It's now time for me to focus on more my children, more me, and how else do I want to grow? And at that point, I thought, well, I really want to expand my private work. So and to be my own, you know, to be, you know, in charge of my own time and how I manage my time. And I really wanted to have more of a work-life balance, especially around my children. So I felt really complete. I felt content. And I, yes, was it an element of, um, I would say the it wasn't probably fear, it was probably excitement because sometimes we get fear and excitement confused <laughs> in the car. And I had this, you know, the butterflies, but I would say it was an excitement for the new beginning, the new journey. And that's why I think one of my biggest message to people too is that we know when it's time for change and we know when something's completed and really trust and follow your heart and really do that because your heart will never lead you astray. But if you follow your logic and think, oh, I shouldn't, oh, God, I've got an amazing paying job and what will people think, that will take you on the wrong path. And for me, I Mm. have truly followed my heart and it's got me to this point of being so happy with where I'm at at the moment. Now, do I have more room for growth? Absolutely. I'm already going through at this point another change in my life, you know, and that never stops. It never stops. So I'm making different yeah. decisions and going and, you know, and taking a little bit of a, a different tangent because one of my dreams has been to write a book and a book that, so that's something now I am going, all right, I've put this off really well. It's it's time to pursue this. So always follow your heart. It will never lead you astray. I think so. And to me, it's like that if you look at the times when you did follow your heart, it's almost like that change between no, I can't to yes, I will. And it's almost like everything goes slow motion. 
the, oh. for a moment there, you've got that moment of un- unbelievable pause. You go, okay, it's time. <laughs> and then after that, everything just rolls. It's like it's just beautiful when it rolls out. It does. And that's what I found. And look, my experiences in life have showed that when I followed my logical, I should, and I, I've used a, I should or I could. I mean, I should. I always go, if you're saying I should, that's your mind speaking. When it's your mm. heart, it's just a knowing that you have. You just you just know. And often you'll go, oh, no, 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 that that's crazy. That's I can't do that. Or, you know, you're trying to talk yourself out. But no, your heart is your compass in life. And, and that's part of what I want to write about as well is that, you know, speaking from the heart, you know, speaking your truth. It's all about it is it's about following your heart. And and trust me, everything else will fall into place, however scary it may seem. <laughs> mm. Are you going to bring some of your um speech pathology into the book? Absolutely. It's sort of gonna be yeah. based on, yeah, it's it's gonna have a basis of communication and the importance of, you know, um, yeah, just speaking your truth and you know, self-talk and all the elements that I often always explain to the individuals I work with. And I'm like, I've got to write about this because I'm repeating myself a lot. So there's certain themes that will be throughout the book, absolutely, that have a basis in communication. And I'll be drawing in my own experiences to sort of, you know, highlight those, you know, examples a bit more. So, but it's, yeah, that's something that I'm embarking on now, um, which, yeah, is a bit exciting and terrifying at the moment. (laughs) And a lovely way to take your, like, that lifelong desire to be what you are and take those gifts out to many more people than you could do in a daily practice. And and you know what, Susan, you've hit the nail on the head and that's exactly how I feel that I just, you know, I love doing my work on a one-on-one basis, but I'm now at a point, like you said, that I'm being drawn to how else can I get my message out to more people um, and, and have an impact on a more global scale. So that's, that's my next, you know, stage in life. And like you said, is there's, you know, I'm at a pause moment at the moment, um, you know, at this point, but that the next steps are unfolding and I can see, you know, yeah, I can see sort of a lighter path illuminating for me. So we'll see what's possible in future. (laughs) Oh, it's exciting. It's very exciting. So say if you had a magic wand, sorry, what would you change immediately to make the world a better place? I would, if I had a magic wand, I really think if if I waved it and just asked for people to really follow their truth, follow their heart, I think it would completely eliminate all wars, all tragedies, all desire for hurting, you know, anyone because truly when you follow your heart, there can be no hatred. There could be no room for revenge. There could be no room for those not nice things that, you know, people do to each other. So for me, I know that's, you know, quite airy-fairy, but I truly think if you use your heart as your compass, that it generally leads to gratitude and compassion and love. And 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 have and and I think that leads would lead to a peaceful life. That's what I would love to people to do is to really connect, you know, to their true self, to their heart, and then from that space, I think that the world would just generally change magically by itself. How lovely, actually. Just realizing that, you know, as I said, you and I haven't known each other very long, but you just made me realize why you are one of the guests on this program because you've actually got that same spirit as the other women that I have had on that I've met on this magical journey of life. So it's that real heartfelt, or as uh, I think Brene Brown calls it, the wholehearted living, you know. The- oh, 
I, it's and a different that, space to come from. Absolutely. And I've got goosebumps as I talk to you and it's bizarre. It's no coincidence that we've we've connected because, you know, they say like attracts like. And, you know, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, there's we're all energy. We're all vibrating, you know, atoms. And it's no coincidence we've been drawn to each other. And I really believe that, you know, we're definitely entering times, you know, uncertain times. And even now more so, we need to really tap into that, true self of ours and what what is our true self it's that it's that love you know that's what I believe is the magic that's within us that sometimes we mask or sometimes you know we we forget about with the stresses in our life but we are if we just tap into that true self which is the heart which is love and use that as our compass I just that's when the magic happens in life that's when peace is created that's when you know people help each other out that's when compassion's created gratitude really it's I know it seems very simple, but I know I've experienced that in my own life that when I've let go of hurts, when I've let go of, you know, thoughts that are not serving me, magic has appeared. Magic completely. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. It's just that, you know, I've I've looked at the stages of healing and all the other stages of all sorts of things, but stages of healing is that really sort of, you know, the, you know, acceptance of what was and, you know, with awareness that you can then sort of see things as they are. And then from there, you actually breathe out and can actually take your life forward to be, you know, a, a life that's got all the gifts that you're giving yourself, which then obviously shines out. Oh, God, Susan, absolutely. And I think that's the the key with all our experiences, you know, and, you know, life, you know, throws its curveballs sometimes and it's about Mm. looking at that and going, how can I grow? You know, what can I learn from this experience? How can I grow? And, you know, taking, taking the gold from that experience. And, look, I know this sounds bizarre, but there is gold from every experience, every experience. There's a golden nugget. And if you can discover that once you go through, like you said, that journey of, you know, grieving, healing, you know, it's not easy. It's not an easy journey because you have to go. It's, it's, it's real to be able to go through grief and then you go through a stage of anger. Then you go through a stage of sadness, you know, and you've got to allow yourself to experience that. That's not wrong either. But what you want to do is always have that intention of, okay, how can I look? What can I learn? How can I grow from this? And how can I move forward? And there will always mm. be a way, always be a way. Yeah. And it's not being blase in any way, too. I know, I know that there is stages of change. So Absolutely. people won't be ready for change. Exactly. And people will be listening going, oh, I can't do that yet. Exactly. And it's okay. If you can't do that yet. Like enough's enough is what I, I could sort of feel with it. It's like, that's enough for now. That's enough. That's okay. Don't do anything else and then move on. And then the next thing is another little change forward. Absolutely. And I think awareness is the key. If you're aware of what's going on and honoring of it in terms of whatever's coming up for you and going, all right, well, I've just got to sit with this for the moment and make sense of this. And like you said, come to a stage of acceptance that might take weeks, months, you don't know, but it just, you know, there's a time period and you've got to allow that time. Sometimes we want things quicker, better, faster. I would say my healing journey after my twins, they are 12 years old now in spirit. It's taken me a good decade for me to get to a stage of unconditional love acceptance. You know, it's not 10 years is a long time, you know, so Mm. it doesn't happen overnight. And that's where I feel like people are like, I don't want to feel this anymore. I I want to move through this quickly. But no, honour the time that's required because often we need that time to get to a, a point of consciousness where we can then receive the next message. 
then we can receive yeah. the step forward. Because until we do, until we're ready to receive that next step forward, we'll still be experiencing what we're experiencing. Does that, like you said, I agree yeah. with you wholeheartedly that it comes in stages and steps. And when we're ready for that next step, don't worry, the path will open up for sure. The step or the stage we're in at the moment, and honor that and truly work with it, accept it, not not push it away. Just really, really work through it. That's right. And it's no one else's agenda and no one else yeah. knows what you have experienced. Like, as you said, 10 years, there's 10 years of many, many minutes. Oh, uh, 10 years, exactly. I could say it's, it was yeah. a long tunnel. <laughs> it was a long tunnel. Gosh. What would you say would be the most valuable advice that you could give seven-year-old you that you wish you'd received from your own mum when you were seven? everything the most valuable advice everything works out for your highest good everything anything that's thrown to you in life and that everything magic everything will work out for your highest good and I have that strong belief that no matter what I'm going through I know everything is for my highest good and it does end up being for my highest good it ends it ends up making me a better version of myself because I end up with you know more wisdom more compassion more love and, you know, more insight, more awareness. And I could, you know, that's all I could ever ask for in life is that I know I'm here to grow and continually grow and, and you know, be the best version of myself in many aspects and inspire others to do the same. I know that's my, you know, that's why we're all, that's what I really believe we're all here for is to be the best versions of ourselves and inspire others to be the best versions. So for me as a little girl, you know, with this big world or life ahead of me, not knowing, oh, my gosh, I can now comfortably say I'm at a point where I'm like, okay, something occurs. Like you said, this is all working out for my highest good. You know, how can I work through this? You know, what's the golden nuggets? You know, how can I move forward? So it's Mm. really not to worry, really not to worry and just know that there is a rainbow at, you know, at the end of everything. <laughs> and, and here to grow is such a big thing, isn't it? Like there's those, um, you know, the human needs. So there's growth and contribution are two of the highest ones, plus obviously yeah. love and connection. So if that's truly what you're actually working towards in the type of work that you are, that expansive speech pathologist that you oh, look at that. I like, exactly, sign. exactly. And for me, yeah. in my work, it is about helping that person grow as an individual in all aspects. And, you know, increase mm. their confidence to, you know, like you said, move forward in life because speech is, mm. it's a connector, you know, it's a form of connecting, you know, people in life and it's important yeah. that you truly have the means to be able to do that with ease. Well, I love that that's your lifelong dream that you had all that, that yeah. time ago when you were three or four that you've brought that through. What's one ritual or routine that you never go without during any day? Oh, look, this is this is going back to just, look, obviously being a speech pathologist shapes me with this routine, but it's hydration. What I actually do every single morning is I have, you know, two to three glasses of warm water mm. with a squeeze of lemon juice. And I do that without fail. And the reason why is obviously to hydrate my vocal cords and to keep me, you know, in my best, you know, best uh, condition for the work that I do ahead. But also, too, I believe that it's it's my internal shower. It actually helps my cells come alive and it nourishes them um, and it really sets me up for the day. That's a non-negotiable that I have, that I just, I, I guzzle and I, I like it warm because I do like warm things. 
and with a bit of lemon. It's just so hydrating. So um, it so sets me for the day. It really helps with my mental clarity. It helps me with my energy. Um, yeah. So and I do that at least half an hour before I eat my breakfast. So that's a, okay. something I've done since I was probably a teenager. And the warm water is that thing, isn't it? It's actually because your body's obviously warmer. So yeah, why would you put exactly. cold water in? Is um, it exactly? Way? So your body doesn't have to do as much to heat it up, if that makes sense. So the warm water is still more aligned with the temperature of your inner body, exactly. So it just it's okay. really, yeah, it's a lot more soothing and it's a lot more easily assimilated. That's the way I see it. We're coming to an end. We're actually close to. Uh, finishing up here so what I thought I'd get from you is your favorite mantra or you know your go-to incantation or you know quote that gets you through hard times oh look through you know what the quote that I often use during hard times is a quote from Wayne Dwyer and it's change the way you look at things and the things you look at change so it all really goes back to perspective you know how am I perceiving this situation? How am I looking at this situation? And if I change the way I look at this situation, I know it will change. So it's such a beautiful one that I, I find I often regurgitate in my head as things come up. The other day I had, you know, an unexpected event with my car and I'm like, okay, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And sure enough, they did. I thought, okay, I think this is a message that it's time for an upgrade. <laughs> it really did change and my whole, you know, reality's changed around to going, no, this is a sign. This is not negative. This is a sign of Naray. It's time to, okay, it's time for an upgrade. So let's look into this. So can you think, I just find that this mantra really does serve me in life, especially when the tough time hit. <laughs> but it's, it's taking you out of the problem and putting it towards does. a better design it, outcome. Yeah, Absolutely it does, absolutely. <laughs> My type of girl, that's the way. <laughs> um, what song is your favourite Sing Out Loud song in the car? Oh, you know, one of my favourite songs, this is going back and obviously showing my age as well, but one of my favourite singers were Michael Jackson and he has that song, The Man in the Mirror, and that song always, always pulls up my heartstrings and always when I sing it, it just really, really gets me aligned because everything starts with us. You know, we've got to look yeah. at ourselves first. If we want to have an impact on this world, if we want to change our reality, if we want to change things in our life, we've got to go back to us you know, looking at the person in the mirror. And that song just gives me goosebumps. If I need a bit of inspiration, I will go back and also, you know, I'll listen to that song or sing it to myself in my head and going, yeah, you know, we've got to start with looking at the man in the mirror. Absolutely, it's me. What can I look at me? What do I need to change? Then that, that will have an influence on my, you know, environment. Especially like I look, I'm I'm the sing, I'm a single mum. I'm a parent of two. I've got a teenage daughter and a, a young son. And often I'm like, ah, you know, sometimes when I'm going crazy, I'm like, no, don't look at changing them, Naray. Look at you. What do you have to change as a mother? You know, or what do you have to do different that will then have an impact on their behaviour? And sure enough, when I go back to this song, it just, you know it all changes it. It does really go, oh. all right, yeah, it makes me think of, you know, and immediately, all right, do I need to cut back on controlling them or do I need to just add a little bit more praise? Do I need to just, you know, have a bit more of a rest and have mummy time? Am I suffering from burnout? You know, do I need me time? And often I will say to the kids, all right, mum needs time out. It's nothing about you, but mum needs time out. And so it's always going back to that person in the mirror, which is you. Everything starts with us. Everything. Oh. 
you just took me down memory lane of how many times I used to think, what's wrong with the kids? And you think, hold on, nothing's wrong with the kids. It's not the kids. I'm the the grumpy dragon here and I'm going to, all right, I'm going to make a few changes. Oh, my gosh. Nareya, it's been a pleasure talking to you. That was a lovely chat. Such a pleasure talking to you. Take care. Bye. Naray is just a pleasure. I think she touched on so many things in such a short chat when you think speech pathology, but she knew what she wanted to be from such early on that, you know, a different type of health profession to what most of us would have considered when we were playing with our dolls and decided we were going to be doctors or nurses or whatever. But she's been through some tough times. So hopefully some of that resonated with you. And maybe if not now, it's um, something just food for thought for your own journey through healing, through some of what you've been through. And I don't know, every woman that I've had so far has just usually blown me away and done something good in a small way or a big way. And small way as in keeping a family together through the toughest of times, um, even though that's not their role, but they see that that's actually something that's incredibly important to people more senior to them in their family that they can actually offer. Or, you know, just, um, yeah, just helping in the community or ah, anyway, so many ways. Thank you, listeners, for listening. If you're not aware, I am Susan Dunlop Coaching. I coach women in life and business. I also mentor people in their business. And I have a passion for helping teens and young women uh, navigate some of the trickier life skills that maybe, you know, hasn't really been covered in schooling. And um, I absolutely love that work as well. So I'm working across every decade of women's lives, strangely enough, even though That came about after I started the Coffee and Contemplation with Women podcast series. An absolute pleasure to work with women. And if I can help you in any way in coaching, be it in business or in life, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. My details are here. There's so many ways we can take coaching, whether it be for short term or longer term, uh, for your business, for your team, for yourself. So please reach out if I can be of assistance. I'll be back in weeks to come with I've got a couple of people in the pipeline and Nuray thankfully has actually got some connections for me to look at some people in those more advanced decades of life so uh, we'll see where that takes us thank you enjoy your day and until I'm back again take care